Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. It is episode 20 brought to you by me. That's Hannah. Rachel and Dory the Doodle, who is currently crawling all over to us and contribute uh, to this yes, fine episode. Unfortunately, my uh, research assistant Google <laughs> was slacking this week and did not get me the information on where we rank in the world of podcasting. Oh, right. I mean, 20 is big based on being episode 20. All right. We'll find out where 21 gets us. That's fine. And I could have had a slightly grander hello. <laughs> But by episode 50 or something, maybe oh, we'll have that hello out. nailed. Uh... Maybe different language. <laughs> anyway, so thus far, we have talked on this show about body image, mostly as it relates to like weight, body composition, being an athlete, um, macro counting, intuitive eating, all that kind of stuff. Um, with a slight, we dipped a toe into like Botox and yeah, you know, it comes into conversation. Some of the more like that. extreme stuff. I mean, so, c- cigarette dieting was, cigarette was definitely dieting. not health and wellness related. Yeah. So we are, of course, continuing our theme of body image, but we're going to take a slightly different turn this week, and we're going to talk about body modification, which of course is to do with your body image. The Absolutely. Most so the most obvious body modification I think of, and I should like until I was doing research out into this, I would never refer to this as a modification per se, but like tattoos. Yeah, absolutely. As, you know, how, like, how many do you have? I have two, and I'm currently trying to get an appointment for number three. Yeah, I, I we've really slacked. We were supposed to get one during your birthday month. Yeah, for like we are two slacking. months behind now. And according to Google, one in four adults these days have tattoos. So it's not really... Oh, it's very it's, common. It's not a kind of body modification that really turns heads. I mean, it can do if they're terrible or amazing. Um, and I have certainly seen some terrible tattoos. There are some bad ones out there. That is absolutely true. Rule number one, kids. Never tattoo the name of a current lover. <laughs> That always seems to go wrong. That does seem to like jinx a relationship. Um, I yeah. feel like I'd be really nervous if I ever put like, I yeah. love Fred. Names are, names are, I mean, I guess, okay, okay, names of your children maybe? That's like, that's a little more like unconditional. You don't generally break up with your children. But I mean like, if you have, Pretty if meaningful. you put their names on your, your arm or your body somewhere, your kids, and they turned out to be like complete jerks. But don't you still? Then love, you'd I think be you like still love doubly them. reminded. I think you still love them if they're jerks. I mean, <laughs> you love Dory when she does dumb things. And <laughs> true. Would you get Dory tattooed on you? I was thinking about this the other day because <laughs> um, I know a lady uh, through like dog ownership, and she had a sixteen-year-old little dog. I think it was like a terrier or something. Mm-hmm. Amazing that it, you know, lived to 16. The but little she, ones the, always live a Yeah, she died and um, her 
Oh no, had this actually is really cool. It's like her paw print, but kind of done as if you dip the dog's foot in ink and then kind of. Oh, it looks kinda, like a kind of cool stamp from the actual dog, and then her the dog's like initial in the middle of it, and it's kind of cute. I don't think I would have like Dory, like the tattooed. name Dory, yeah, or like her face. Yeah, I was gonna say better than a dog portrait. I've seen some tattoos of dogs' faces, like. Doggy portraits, I mean, there's a place for them. I love those kitschy paintings where you can have your your dog's face put on like a, you know, Burgundian duke's body and like these really funny old paintings, yeah. but tattooing seems like a bad idea. I would probably have sense. more of like a date or something. Some way of remembering her, like or, or like a stick. Yeah. I could just have a stick tattoo. Oh my god, if you just had like a giant stick, people, what's that? Oh, that's that's my it's my fur baby's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> That'd be so, all fine until Dory, like, bites your arm one day because she thinks it's a stick. stick. <laughs> yeah, that could backfire. I think, like, Angelina Jolie got, with all of her adopted kids, she got, like, the latitude and longitude yeah, of where that's they're from. Cool. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. I like cool. that. I like that. Because it's a little more abstract. So how many tattoos do you have? Um, I have, I guess, five, technically. One of them is quite large and takes up about half my back. Um... So, but, but still, that was just a single one. Um, and I too want another one soon. It's been a very long time since I've gotten one. So when I grew up, I was always told, well, amongst many things like dyeing my hair and smoking cigarettes and stuff like that, that I would never have tattoos. That was a bad thing. Yes. It was, you yes. know, it was a stupid thing to do and I would only live to regret it if always I did it. Always regret it. Yeah. Um, I think the first tattoo I got was in... 2013 I'm yet to regret it so it's eight years old yeah and then the other one I got in 2015 or no 2014 Mm -hmm. also don't regret that one either so so far so good yeah I mean my earliest one is uh the year 2000 I think or 2001 yeah the year I graduated from college 2001 so that's now 20 years old definitely don't regret that I I, although almost all of mine, they're on my back, so you can't really see them. Do you know I'm thinking about to, that? Like, when, you don't regret things, you can't really see. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when we were working out the other day, and you could see, because I always forget you have your tattoo on your back, and I could see bits of it sticking out, and I'm like, yeah. I wonder oh, if yeah. she ever pisses her off that she spent all that money yeah, and like had that does. really pretty thing and she can literally never it see it. It actually does. Like I used to have like, like ask people to like take pictures of my back. Cause like the really big one for those listening, um, it's a, like a cherry blossom branch, like a big kind of tree branch um, with all these white cherry blossoms. It was done in white tattoo ink, which is also pretty cool. Cause it like the white brightens up when I get tan or something. So uh, I love it, but it, it, it is kind of sad. I can't see it. <laughs> so why did you decide to get tattoos? Um, they were all very like meaningful moments in my life, which I also think is probably why we don't regret the more meaningful mm-hmm. ones. So like the first one, even if they were cheesy moments, um, the first one is a Sanskrit word, uh, ahimsa, which means humility and nonviolence, and I got that in my last year of college. Did you uh, double check that it did mean? Oh, that? I did. Oh, I asked. <laughs> I did one of my so favorites. much research to make sure it was the right. Yeah, if you get any foreign characters on your body, that is like don't rely on your one. tattoo artists. No, no. Uh, so yes, I confirmed it with a number of people, and then years later, 
uh, it was confirmed again in a yoga class where my yoga teacher, who yogis tend to often study Sanskrit, even Western yogis, so uh, they confirmed it. They were like, oh, ahimsa, that means nonviolent. So I, years later, it was confirmed again. Um, so that was like related to, uh, you know, finding pieces of myself in college. Like I was kind of a, a budding pacifist, I guess, in some ways, and was reading a lot of philosophy. And so it was like this moment. And I also got it, this is the embarrassing part, with like a guy I was totally in love with. And he got the Greek word for like, I think it's wisdom or truth. Um, and so we got tattoos together. So that was like super cheesy, but... I still don't regret it because, like, whatever. I don't. As, at least he's not around anymore. But I still love my tattoo. At least you didn't find out that you'd actually had his name tattooed in a foreign right. language. Yes, that would have been awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> right after you'd had it done, <laughs> were you like, "Oh shit, this is this is real now. It's not gonna peel off. This oh god, what did I do?" Or were you just like, "Yeah, good decision." Uh, yeah, I think it was more. I was I was fine with the decision, although. It is, it is weird. I have moments where I'm like, wow, like you can't undo that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess now you can actually with like you laser can. tattoo removal. I don't but know back if it then I was like, goes. ooh, it felt like kind of empowering that I could actually choose to do something that was permanent. Did you, not much that we do is, you know? Did you tell your parents? No, I definitely waited a while. Um, How was the, the reveal uh, story? I, you know... The big, the big cherry blossom one was definitely more of like a reveal. Like I remember when I went to visit my dad and like had a bikini on or something and I was like, oh right, uh, we're going to the pool. So just so you know, guys, half my back is now a tattoo. Uh, by then I had a number of others, so it was fine. But yeah, I mean, you know, my mom, my mom, who's a, who's a dedicated listener of this podcast so she's I know she's listening um she definitely (laughs) liked reminding me of biblical verses about um you know not marking your body like in the old testament there's a lot of there's a lot of lines from the christian and jewish old testament about that but I always interpreted you know makeup and other things like that also fall under those rules so the fact that she wore makeup uh you know I had a little I had a way to push back (laughs) I feel like it's, I would never get a tattoo just to like join the tattoo club. No. Like everything I have and will ever have is because it's meaningful. Right. And like, I also have this thing and I don't even know why, like all of my tattoos so far on the left side of my body and I'll only have a tattoo that side. Because that's, that's the side that? my heart is oh, on. Oh, the side your heart. So like, it's see, meaningful. that's like really sweet, right? Yeah, they, if they have meaning like that. You're but I remember my, them. like, I had been wanting to get a tattoo for the longest time. And there was like, there was, I wanted to do it for me because I, it's literally three stars on my wrist. And every time you say stars, people are like, well, that's original. <laughs> but they, it, it, there, there's a reason for it. And it was when I was a pro sailor, like the first time I was ever out offshore, and I was like, oh shit, I'm terrified. Right. But didn't want to express to the other people on board that I was scared. I remember looking up at the sky and it happened to be, it was windy as all hell, but there was a really starry night. And I looked up at the sky and I found the brightest star. And I was like, hey, granddad, who was in the merchant navy and never met him, but he was the apparently the one where I got my love of the ocean from. And I looked up at the sky and I'm like, hey... If you're up there, if you're floating around, you know, just, I really want to see the sunrise in the morning. (laughs) And so I then put three stars on my wrist to represent like him. 
to represent my family who supported me in all my crazy sailing endeavors. And then the other one was for like friends who every time they ever invited me to anything, I, I had to say no because I was always sailing. Yeah. But they were on my wrist so that when I was fully dressed up in my foul weather gear, sailing on the ocean, if there was no stars at the night sky, I could just pull my sleeve up a little bit and I had my stars on my wrist. See, that's a that's an amazing story, right? That's not something And I had been thinking about regret. this for a long time. But then I was like, oh my God, my parents are going to kill me. Bear in mind, while I'm having these thoughts, I'm in my 30s. You're, you're like, grown up. You're for the love of God. I do not live yeah. at home. Yeah. I am not reliant yeah. on my parents. I can make my own decisions. And if I have a tattoo and like modify my body somehow and I live to regret it, well, I'm also a grown up and I will have to deal with it. So what was and your I mom's reaction? Mom... Well, the funny thing was that... The... I still didn't have the balls to go into a tattoo place. I'd walk past one many times, pause, be like, no, no, I can't do it. And then I was actually at a sailing event and there was a girl um, who was sailing on another boat and I had seen her in the bar a couple of times in the evening and she had tons of really interesting tattoos, but like not, you know how some people kind of get a theme to their tattoos, like Mm -hmm. a certain Mm -hmm. style. She had all sorts of different things. She had like these really pretty birds and then she had some she had a bunch of different dates as well and I was like that's really intriguing so we got chatting and I'm like hey what what's the story behind all of your tattoos and she was like oh yeah well like I designed all of them and basically she had she was a cancer survivor she had survived cancer like five times like leukemia oh throughout childhood and stuff like that and every time she survived she had like the date where she was kind of given the all clear and then oh, wow. had drawn something that was meaningful to her during that that phase. And I'm like, oh. And I had been kind of like led to down the path of thinking, you know, tattoos kind of, you know, just just what you do because you want to be part of this kind of club. And I'm yeah. like, actually, it was like a rebellion this thing kind of too, like, you know, for a lot of this people. permanent thing, even though you can remove them. But to me, it's still like, if you decide to do that, it's a permanent thing. Is It's a meaningful thing. It has purpose. It's not just like a fashion thing. For yeah. if I was to ever do it. And so she said to me, have you got any tattoos? And I was like, no. And I had to confess that I was basically too chicken shit to defy my, <laughs> my, my parents' expectations. In your 30s. I in my that. 30s. And she was like, oh, come on. She was like, do you have an idea? And I was like, yeah. And I told her about the stars. And she was like, she picked up the phone. And we were in Charleston, South Carolina. And she made a call. And she was like, all right. 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'm coming with you. You're going to get a tattoo. You have literally no reason not to. And I was like, yep. oh, shit. And then I had, I, I loved it. And then I got the second one done on my ribs, which was an extremely painful thing to do. Yes. Which says. Side a, ribs. Yeah. A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor, which is more really about life than sailing. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you don't learn stuff from the comfortable times in life. You learn it from, like, the tough times in life. And that means, like, so much to me that I had it done and I was all like, heck, yeah, this is, like, a big one. And it hurt so bad I almost stopped halfway. And then I was like, yeah, halfway, like, a half-written thing. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely can't stop. I mean, it was it would my back like... one crept around to the side ribs and that was definitely the worst part of it. But oh, good you kind of just have to keep going. I've never experienced anything like that. And I was, But once it was done, I was like so happy with it. I could not wait to like work out in a sports bar at the gym because I was in Rhode Island in the U.S. They were all in the U.S. Notice how I was a long way from England. <laughs> Your mom was on the other side of the pond. I so still hadn't moved to America by the time I got number two. And it... I was like, I'm fine, you know, I, I live, 
I'm out here, they're there. They're never, they're never going to have to see it. It's going to be good because the rest one I can cover with like a watch or a bracelet. Until I got to my sister's wedding, which was in Italy. Yeah. And we arrived there and my parents were like, hey, let's all meet at the pool and we can have drinks. And I was like, cool. And I was like, oh, yep. crap. In a bathing suit. That's when it and, has to happen. Well, luckily I'd packed like this kind of long crop top sports bra, which covered it. So I got away with it that trip. And then I was in the Caribbean one time and I invited them out to come hang with me when I was sailing. And I was like, wow, there's just no way of getting around this. And how old are you now? 30? Oh, I'm like now mid 30s. Mid 30s. Okay. And I literally (laughs) planned for about 24 hours. I lost sleep thinking about how I was going to sell the fact that I had this permanent ink on my body. Not one, but two places. And I had the whole story the backstory, how meaningful it was, how no one had ever called me common or trashy for having tattoos. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I finally got to the bit, okay, we're about to go to the beach, here it goes. And very nervously, I confessed to not one, but two tattoos, expecting some kind of like fireworks. <laughs> and she was like, okay. Oh. And then I got mad at her for not being mad like, at me. Are you mad? <laughs> you should be mad. <laughs> Well, and maybe that's the little piece of like the that tattoos are like rebellion, right? Like I think a lot of people get tattoos because they want someone to react that way. Um, Yeah, mine was I I never wanted that reaction, and then I didn't get it, and then I was like kind of bummed. But (laughs) I think my mom kind of said things like every time I got another one, it was sort of like, but you're done now, right? And then like another one coming, but no more, right? Like that was like the constant hope. Although I will say. I kind of, I got another thing to kind of push back on my mom with because years later, my mom got permanent eyeliner and Ooh. permanent lip liner. So she let someone tattoo like right next to her eyeballs, which is the- way crazier than any of mine. And technically, if you count your upper and lower lids and your upper and lower lip, she has six tattoos. So that's more than me. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, it's on. Yeah, that's wild. So in in researching kind of tattoos and, you know, as my first kind of step into the body modification world, apparently, and this really just blows my mind, having, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like because obviously ribs and near bones and stuff, that's very sore. But apparently now eye tattoos are... A thing, and I they have that one where you dye the whites of your I eyes. I've seen that. It's a little terrifying um, in a lot of ways. It's, I'm sure it's terrifying to get done. It's also terrifying the way it looks. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's. Uh, I saw two yeah. pictures. One one person actually had a white heart tattooed in the white of her eye, and it was just a just a different enough shade from the white of her eye that you could see this heart shape. And I was like, oh. My Interesting. God, just the thought of like how you even set that up, because obviously you can't be blinking. So you must have had your eyelids taped, taped open, open and then someone with a needle you that's kinda, jabbing back and well, forth right near your eyeball. With your eyeball, you would have to also like anesthetize the eye because you would move around too much, right? Oh, like I'm, I'm imagining I've had LASIK eye surgery and they put that weird metal ring on it that's something straight out of like a clockwork orange, that horrifying Kubrick movie um, that holds your eyelid open. But then they definitely 
put these drops in it to paralyze your eye so oh. you can't move it. I would assume they have to do that. Otherwise it would be scribbling all over your well, eye. exactly, hole. right? If you even like darted your eye back and forth a little bit, they could freaking go right through your oh, God. pupil or something. I don't know. That That's horrid. So that um, and the other, the other picture that I saw <laughs> that really kind of freaked me out was somebody who had dyed, like the entire white of the eye was blue. And I'm not even sure yeah. how that is achieved, but it just looked... Did they look like a cartoon character or like... It kind of looked like someone who had no soul. Because like yes. you know, like when you look in someone's oh, eyes, like, yes. like the eyes are the key to the soul, right? But when it's just a like dark a, like space... A, like a zombie eye. Or yeah. Like a... And I was like, there's where I got tattoos and will get future tattoos based off something that is yeah. meaningful to me. Yeah. That it's kind of like, you know, getting a stamp in your passport, right? That you look back through old passports and there's a story connected with those stamps. And like the the tattoos on me, I will always be able to look at. And there's a meaning there and there's, yeah. a, there's a reason. But did the blue eyeball tattooing your have a story? Eyeball, it's, I think it's, I think that when you look at that kind of modification, that's, that's just a trend. Ah, uh, okay. That is like a rebellion against. Yeah. I don't even know what, but like I, I would love to understand more of like what. And makes I wonder if you... like over time that wears off because tattoos will also fade over time, especially if they're bright colors. And I wonder if it fades in your eye the same way. Yeah, um, I mean, I oof, it scared the living crap out. See of now, me. that's the opposite of my back tattoos. I I don't see them unless I get mirrors and try real hard. But oh my goodness, your eyeballs, you're you're seeing that every day, so. If you're going to get tired of it, that's... And that's like a... I mean, even, you know, you have an extensive back tattoo. I've got tattoo on my wrist. I'm hoping to get a new one on my forearm, which will be very... The most visible one I own. Not mm -hmm. easily covered up, and certainly in the summer. But everything we both have, we could cover it up if we wanted to or needed mm -hmm. to whatever, and you'd be none the wiser. But when you change the color of the whites of your eyes... Yeah. Unless you're walking around in super black sunglasses all the time... Yeah. That's People a statement, that. like a bold statement. That, that was definitely one of the reasons like parents kind of say things. They're like, well, how are you going to get a job, a respectable job if you have visible tattoos? And now, I mean, 30 years ago, maybe that made a little more sense. But now I feel like that's But there is, there really is still, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was also thinking about that because like, that was at the forefront of my mind. Like, oh, it was almost like instilled into me. If you get, the minute you get a tattoo, yeah. like one tattoo you're and you're unhirable. <laughs> Whereas, like, now, I mean, certainly walking around somewhere like where we live, Santa Barbara, most people you see have, yeah. you know, a collection of tattoos. We definitely, we live in, like, a very, an older community, though. Like, like, there are a lot of older generations that have retired here in Santa Barbara. And in my line of work, which is fundraising, there are definitely events where I would, I still certainly make an effort to cover my tattoos. Oh. And sometimes even... Uh, at, at the foundation, it's, it's sort of a, a re requirement. Like it's just, you know, to, to not cause any issues. Cause there are, there are certain older donors, uh, who have, yeah, who have kind of, you know, they're from a different generation where people with tattoos were, um, yeah, like unsavory people. That's wild. Um, but when you look at more, you know, no, I don't want to say like more modern, but like a more, you know, younger generation. 
everyone's walking around with yeah. tattoos. You yeah, don't it's... like you almost stand out if you don't have them. Exactly. Now. I mean, I, all right. I think about like, do I know people without tattoos? I think, mm. like. Maybe a couple, but most people I know have most people I know at least one. Yeah, have tattoos. So, so get this: the world record for tattoo coverage. And I watched a tattoo show once, mm-hmm. and this guy who had plentiful tattoos was getting his first one on his head. His ah. head was shaved. He passed out. I was like, that the skull. Has I can only imagine got to hurt, but. But I would expect isn't I would expect there's someone out there with like For the every women. square inch covered. Charlotte Guttenberg, she's from Melbourne, Florida. She has ninety eight point seven five percent of her body covered in tattoos. Whoa! And then there's this guy, Lucky Diamond Rich. He's Australian. He is one hundred percent covered in tattoos. And when you see pictures of him, like his arms are basically just entirely. Black ink. Wow. And I don't know whether that's because there's so many tattoos, they kind of just merge. Led or whether together, he was just yeah. like, oh, just do my arm. <laughs> but. Wow. So, so he's it's got. It's kind of got, thinking about our point of like. He's got all you know, of his people, man bits. Oh, everything. Like done. Every part of his body that you can. I feel can, like there are certain parts of the body that are very that difficult to do. But um, according, and I got this directly from the Guinness World Record website. Ah, so not just Google. Not just Google. I went direct <laughs> to the source to be sure and looked at the pictures. And I was like, they're definitely, even though tattoos are much, you know, they're, they're everyday life. They're much more acceptable now. And like, yeah, I'm not going to lose my job if I get tattoos on my arms right, or whatever. Right. You may have to cover them up occasionally. But there's definitely got to be that point. Where you step out of like, yeah, hey, you got tattoos, and into like, oh shit, you yeah. got tattoos. And like, you know, did he hit like fifty one percent of his body, and he's like, all right, there's no turning back now. Like, <laughs> I just gotta go to the end. What I want to know is like, how much did that cost? That's that's an expensive endeavor, unless you have a friend who happens to be a tattoo. Yeah, artist. I mean, yeah, and maybe at that point, your when your body is like a work of art on its way to being. Guinness world record holder or something. Maybe people offer their services to be someone involved in that. It also sounds like a lot of pain. Oh, so much pain. He probably doesn't even feel the pain anymore. I mean, people suffer all the time. I remember as a kid, my mom was like, you have to suffer in the name of beauty. And, you know, like I'd go to bed and sleep with like rollers in my hair. Yeah. So I would wake up all these twisty things. I'd wake up with like waves and curls and it hurt. And I've slept with painful hair extensions in my head before and had the ones with the little beads that... And I've got a couple of tattoos, but it's like, where's yeah, your where's like, your cutoff point? Like, where what what parts of the woman, the woman who holds the record, like what parts aren't covered? The one point two five percent of her body. Yeah. Did did it say which parts? It, it didn't say. Because I'm I'm just I mean I I'm assuming it's like difficult to have your entire face covered. Oh, they did. I mean, like this guy was even like like inside going nostrils, into like, like wrapping around the bottom of his nostrils, so like his whole yeah. face. Was like really dark. I wonder how many square, like how many square feet of skin do you have? I wonder about how that is the largest organ, right? I mean, how does that affect your ability to absorb like vitamin D? Do you get sunburns? Sunlight? Do you sunburn? We have a lot of medical follow up questions. Many questions. (laughs) We have follow up questions, but hey, body modification. So tattoos 
I mean, gosh, my my research, I went like historical. I I didn't I didn't I didn't. Uh, I feel like the historical research was like so much more tame compared to all this. Well, which makes sense, ever, I guess, humans like, get more and more extreme yeah. as we go. But like tattoos, I mean, we started with tattoos because tattoos has got to be like one of the OG ways. Yeah. Of like of body modification, and I mean, I'm gonna let you speak a little bit about the origins of that. Don't yeah. worry, we have got plenty of other weird things to Oh my cover. gosh, yeah, tattoos. But like, are... obviously back in the day when tattoos first began, there weren't things like piercings through various different bits of your body, tongue splitting, subdermal implants, tooth filing, and other such weird things, which we will get to. Tooth filing. Please. To make it, let, I'm going to tell you about the cat guy, but we'll save him for later. Okay, we'll, we'll stick to Let's the world get of normal. Let's get to probably, you um, know, the times before we ever worried about things like Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, and... what I learned, the, the history of tattoos, it's, it's very practical. Um, so for a long time, the earliest evidence of tattoos were um, these Egyptian mummies mm-hmm. from about 2000 BC. Um, so pretty old. Uh, but they were all women, which is interesting. So, like, so many, like... Trendsetters. Yeah. Like, like, tattoos were really only on women um, that long ago. Until uh, in 1991, they discovered the Iceman. And I kind of vaguely remember learning about this as a kid. They uncovered this, um, you know, ancient uh, uh, 5,200-year-old remains uh, it was like near Italy or Austria, I think. Um, and he has some tattoos. So he was carbon dated at 5,200 years old and there was evidence of tattoos. So that was like a dude. But all the rest of them from that long ago were uh, primarily Egyptian women. Uh, so they think it was, you know, it could have been things like status symbols or religion. Um, and what... So, well, okay, what they found with the women was they were often on, like, the, 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 the chest, like, the boobs and, and the, the thighs and around the belly. So it was probably related, actually, to, like, amulets or, like, protective kind of um, juju related to childbirth. So that makes sense that it would just be women, um, that these tattoos were kind of, yeah, like, protective or therapeutic related to that. But the favorite part... I'm going to get me some therapeutic oh my boob gosh, tats. Some therapeutic <laughs> boob tats. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, if you have a baby, it'll protect you. So it's, it's, it's related to having, having Oh, kids, okay. But, well, I'm out of that then. Um, but honestly, the, so the Iceman story is even more hilarious um, for women like us who don't have kids uh, but are athletes. So the Iceman's tattoos were found um, on his low back... Mm-hmm. On his right knee and around his ankle joints. Oh, so ankle issues that would just right. Oh. I knew that that would drive you crazy, but if you think about those parts of the body, those as as athletes, those are like places of like aches and pains. So they actually think that oh. these earliest tattoos were related to some sort of like therapeutic function. We're almost like acupuncture or like, right? Like his back was bothering him. Like the Iceman was just like this old dude with a sore low I back. I wish I had known this. And I could have told my mom I had therapeutic <laughs> right. wrist scars. You're like, it therapeutic wrist scarring. Sorry, mom. Like, um, so I thought that was hilarious um, because we do, right? We do, acupuncture is 
sticking a needle in you, you there's not ink associated with it but um, I thought that was pretty cool that 5200 years ago um, tattoos might have been sort of the evidence of these therapies um, for the women you know also therapeutic uh, back to what you know your mother was concerned about with you though so when these mummies were originally dug up, they were mostly discovered by um, male archaeologists, mm-hmm. right? It was a male-dominated field back then. So wonderful old-school um, misogynists that they were. They they basically assumed that tattoos meant these were like women of ill repute. Oh. <laughs> they just assumed that these would be like prostitutes or something, um, which I think is really funny because that is still what a lot of people think today about Maybe not the prostitution piece, but the tattoos mean tattoos you're like mean you're a kind bad of trashy. Person. You're a trashy person, or yeah. Um, so then they kind of did more research, figured out that at least a few of them were probably priestesses, and and then made the connections to the childbirth thing. See, mom, I'm a priestess. Yep, exactly. It's it's a it's a noble thing, not a, a trashy very thing. noble thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the 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 Egyptian that's the Egyptian history, and then the oldest history. Um, and then I was just reading about, I mean, stuff that I guess is generally more common knowledge now that, you know, Native Americans, um, Native South Americans, Australians, like the Maori tribes in New Zealand, almost every indigenous culture has some sort of tradition of tattooing. Um, and it ranges from, you know, religious to, you know, tribal, like identity, um, mm-hmm. or like amulets again, like a way to protect you from certain things. Um and then the only, the, the big variation is that in ancient China, only criminals were tattooed. Oh. Um, so that was a tradition where tattoos were actually punishment or you'd actually get marked. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually watching a documentary and I think it was, I don't know if it was South Korea or somewhere in China, but there, there was still like tattoos are super underground. Like if you're tattooed, you're, you know, you're mm-hmm. a social outcast. Yeah. And this documentary basically featured this one girl that featured the underground tattoo scene. And then this one girl kind of confessing to her parents that not only did she already have tattoos, but she was planning to get more. Uh-oh. And well, there were two families featured in one family. They were basically like, get out of my life. Like, like you, you, her? you literally yeah. cannot be a part of this family. And the other family were like, this is kind of cool. Like, why shouldn't you be able to do this? Like you, huh. you literally the same person walking out the door regardless of whether you have ink on you or not. Oh, well, that's nice. But yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing that the amount of stigma that that per, persists. But I think also, like, so in China, if it was prisoners, um, there's also that culture of, I think of at least, like, the Japanese Yakuza, right? Like, their tattoos are world famous, and you, you don't get them until you sort of earn them in, like, the organized crime world. Mm-hmm. Russia like Russian organized crime has a similar thing with tattoos. And then, you know, American gang culture too, where you like earn tattoos often by not doing great things. So, so I feel like there's still stigma um, around the like criminal aspect of tattoos. Like criminals tend to have tattoos. Like even, I mean, there's a, right? Like there's like databases of prison tattoos. Yeah. Because, like, you go to prison and they take pictures of all your tattoos. Those are, like, your identifying marks. So. I always feel like when you get to the face, that's a commitment. Right. There's Which is not also, really I much think... going back on that, apart from stage makeup forever. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some pretty powerful stage makeup out there. But, you know, even if I ran into, like, a cute little old 80-year-old lady, if she has a neck tattoo, like, 
But I'm gonna steer clear. <laughs> neck tap. You know, I would love to a see neck, a neck tap, yeah. granny. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's just it's true, and maybe that's my own prejudice, my own stigma about that. But, it is interesting though. Like yeah, everybody's gonna have, like, a, that line where, yeah. like, for some people, yeah. it's like, if you even have one tattoo. You're going to hell. You, you're this kind of person. <laughs> I'm putting you in this box. I'm not even going to bother learning anything about you. You're already like, that's you. You're done. But, you know, like where, where is that line for you where you go, okay, that was too far. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, what I didn't get to look up in the history was uh, the origin of the mom tattoo. Like big tough guys getting a heart with oh, mom yeah. in the middle of it. Like, that's such it's, a classic, stereotypical tattoo. Like, when you see, um, I mean, like... Like what, old sailors or something, you know? Featured like, on, like, gang documentaries or whatever, and they've got all these gnarly, like, the neck tat, and, and like, the like, teardrop on yeah. the face and all the other stuff, and then you got, like, mom. Mom. I know. I mean, I mean, if family loyalty, it makes it makes sense, I guess, but, yeah, it's... Uh... So, talking of going, taking tattoos to... The next level of like, oh, wow, I want to, um, and this is also going to lead us into talking about some other kind of body modification, which is an area that I really don't understand. And I would love to talk to somebody who's experimented with this or knows more about this because yeah. it's very, it's very strange to me. But there was this guy and I, and I, I think he actually committed suicide now. Dennis Abner, otherwise known as Stalking Cat. And for some reason, I thought he lived in Wales and in, in the UK, but uh, he's actually was from um, I think just outside Las Vegas in Nevada. <laughs> I was totally gonna say, the, um, yeah, Las Vegas makes sounds like it makes more sense but, than Wales. But, so, you know. so this this guy or was Florida. A, Any of these Florida is what I'd actually guess for a lot of this. This this guy was a perfectly normal guy. Um, and, but he, he decided that he had this strong feeling that he was meant to be this like feline creature, right? Not a, not a guy anymore. Like he had to transform himself and it began with tattoos. Okay. So he had like various tats on his arms and hands and stuff. And then he started to get like cat features tattooed on his face. Okay. He then had and i i don't know the order that this was all done in so it could be completely wrong but he then got like um studs implanted in his cheeks um like the base of the whiskers and like silicone implants in his cheeks too so his face was kind of like starting to resemble a cat and like and he may have had jaw filing done what's his name i feel like i need to look up dennis avner a-v-n-e-r stalking cat um, he then had his teeth filed so that oh. they were like pointy teeth, like I a cat. I almost wish I didn't look this up. You can't And he had whiskers added. And then he had, he started to get subdermal implants. I'm um, going to have nightmares about this. Yeah. Like he got various subdermal implants to like change, to continue to change his, the shape of his face into like a cat. He also, I believe, then started to like flirt with crossing the lines between like male and female and and didn't really like want to be one or the other so i think he got a boob job too so he had like this cat face he had like these fingernails stuck onto him that were like long and pointy like a cat he had boobs 
and full like feline facial features and i think cat yeah, I mean, ears really does look like were implanted and like pretty extreme body modification he just like, did contact lenses though for the eyes he turned like, thank <laughs> he god didn't, he didn't do any oh. permanent eyes i'm not sure we're just... at like a level of tattooing where it's possible to completely change the shape of your eyeballs huh. um so i kind of looked at that and i was like is this art or is this some kind of obsession that's gotten out of control and is actually like a huge cry for help like what drives a person to go from i'm gonna put some ink on my body that's meaningful or beautiful or whatever to i'm going to completely change right and it's more than just like plastic surgery is very common tons of people have nose jobs and boobs boob jobs and and things to enhance or like slightly change a feature that is meant to be there right yeah but I mean, when you who, yeah who who did all his surgeries was it doctors i mean i hope well, well at least some but of on them. some level like some that of the, raises the ethical like, questions right like a doctor i think the doctor the, the doctor would have, have, to have done medical the boob job reasons but i to, think to do that but. the the things like the subdermal implant certainly like the the studs in the face yeah that you can do that we could have done piercing, piercing studio shop. yeah but yeah like i where, imagine i feel like like and yeah, like that that kind of stuff would have been done by art, other like artists, not doctors. But but because I mean I don't know. I feel like doctors are bound by a certain set of ethics, right? And there's no. I mean, it's pretty shocking when you look it up. When for somebody to turn, yeah, to to change their image into something that is not only like drastically different from where they began, which is which is fine because not all of us are born in the skin that we really feel comfortable in. And if, you know, like, Caitlyn Jenner, for example, probably one right. of the most famous yeah. people. Yeah, no, exactly. Transformed. I mean, transgender, like, if you, yeah, is, is absolutely. Good for her. And, but this is transforming yourself into something that's not human. Doesn't resemble being human in any way. Yeah. And w- Wikipedia does have a section on the medical ethics, ethic concerns related to... To this, guy? To, to this guy oh wow is, yeah. that, is that a long section no it's a very short section what that, does it say uh that basically just says um some director of the center for bioethics has commented about this situation that cosmetic surgery is a practice based on informed consent that needs to balance the risk with the benefits it's possible to have a coherent view that is nonetheless detrimental to one's well-being this is a patient who's being harmed, who who is being harmed by medicine in the interest of his tradition. Not really, I didn't read the whole thing, so I'm not sure what exactly it means. But basically, I feel like yes, there are probably doctors who are just like what that guy had done. Somebody should have said no. <laughs> at some yeah, point. but because I mean, even if he woke up one day and was like, "Oh gosh, I I don't feel like a cat anymore," I mean, there's some of that. Like, he could take out piercings. Well, it's a little but, tragic since you also said he died by suicide. Yeah. Um, so. But, like, there's a lot of those things that he did to himself that you're committed. Yeah. Forever. And if you remove certain bits of it, you're not going to get the face back you had before. Right. You'd need a lot of surgery probably to end that. But. And you've also put yourself kind of 
quite drastically on the outside of society. Not that like we should all be like sheep and conforming. Be the same yeah, and conforming. Yeah. It's good to be different, but there's like a level of different where you're like something's wrong now. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. You know, we we talked about even some of our early conversations about body image related to like eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Like there is something that happens when you look in the mirror. Like sometimes you see something very different in yourself in a mirror than other people, what other people see, right? And that's your brain often playing tricks on you, right? Or saying like, you know, a woman who weighs 85 pounds looks in the mirror and actually thinks she's fat, right? Like there's a... This is like the, that, yeah, that the body is dysmorphia. Happened. This is like an ex- I guess an extreme version of body dysmorphia yeah. or like I, I don't know. know. This... We, we need like a psychologist on the on the show to talk about this, like right. And then like it would be really interesting to like talk to a doctor, like if you were presented right with somebody like this, like what do you do? Yeah, what would what would what would they have to say to you to make you feel comfortable as a doctor actually performing? Because like this if method. a guy comes into your surgery, yeah. who's already like transformed his face to look like a cat and then asks you for a boob job right i mean that's that's a red flag old six i mean i don't know but like remember remember that girl on 100 hotter who got a boob job where they were like so enormous they were larger than her head and she couldn't really stand up like <laughs> was that doctor negligent when she I walked would... in and said i want them that big like uh I would say yes. <laughs> okay, we need a psychologist. We need a plastic surgeon. We we need a lot of. We guests. need a panel. We need a lot of people. Of, we need a panel. Exactly. Like, what do we do? What do like, you do with with this situation? Like, where is the line where, like, you? I mean, in the name of art, oh, what cool. Well, I mean, that's but, like, the thing. where like, is the line? Yeah, was. I mean, did he think of himself as a work of art or as an artist? Um, I think I briefly saw in Wikipedia that, yeah, some of those modifications were done by a, an artist. Um, but cause then, I re- are tattooists or body modification specialists piercing people, did they have any kind of like ethical, you know, I know that there's like you shouldn't tattoo drunk people. Right. Often they will draw the line at drunk people. Um, um, a lot of them don't, though. I think we, we've oh, all yeah. seen examples of a lot of many drunk tattoos. wonky tattoos. <laughs> um, things that are just, quite yeah, absurd. Yeah, poor decisions you make when Ass, you're drunk. Ass antlers, um, for example. Gosh. Never get them. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it is interesting if he thought of himself as a work of art. Because my, you know, one of the people I looked up for this was an artist that I remember learning about in graduate school when I was doing art history classes. And it was this French artist, Orlan. And she was the first one I ever remember learning about doing modification. And back in the 90s, she did like a series of nine plastic surgeries and they were all videoed. So she was a performance artist. So it was part of her performance art was to video these pretty gory like surgeries um, that that did a lot of different things. Like, you know, one was like related to her like lips and her nose. Another one, she actually has two kind of protrusions on her forehead like she's got these implants and now she has these like nubs on her forehead um and you know that was that was art she was making like an artistic point that like her body as a performance artist was you know a commodity that people consumed but she wanted to maintain control so like she had the power to like transform her body whenever she wanted the way that an artist can reinvent themselves or, you know, so she had all this like artistic theory. Um, 
behind it all that you know I can reinvent myself by by changing my body and that's empowering um, and I think she's still alive and still doing this kind of stuff now like she still does oh. like body modification art um, and she was kind of the 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 you know one of the leading figures in that and the main thing she always said was just there's always this idea that the body is a site for debate right and we I mean even in modern politics, right? We're always fighting over the rights of people's bodies. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's a way to do that in art and she apparently really did it. Uh, apparently lately she's also taken to like suing Lady Gaga. Because <laughs> oh. Lady Gaga also as a performance artist has done crazy things with makeup. Like she's never done anything permanent plastic yeah. surgery wise, but she definitely has like crazy cool videos and things. And apparently Orlan thought that in a couple of Gaga's like songs and music videos she actually stole her like artistic ideas or something it's interesting so. when you kind of put it in terms of and this this could be like a whole i'm sure you could go down the rabbit hole with this one but like where like art and psychology kind of blur and then you know it's like you could call anything art but like is that person actually okay right i mean like dennis clearly much like wasn't dennis, okay much like dennis there's always that question of artists who struggle with mental illness um so yeah i mean i don't know i i don't you know we can't again it's like we need a panel of uh yeah of doctors and psychologists to kind of and i wonder like for i mean like he's he's an extreme example but you know yeah. there there have been plenty of trends and i'm gonna re- make reference to the Japanese bagel head trend, which was actually, it is not permanent, bagel thankfully. Head? Yeah, so what they did was Japanese, like, I think it was like a teenager trend. I hope our listeners are Googling these things like I am as you're saying it. I'm looking them up so I can see visuals. So and um... this became a thing, like, fairly recently, where they were injecting saline solution into their foreheads. And then I think, like, you <gasps> press or something into the middle of it and so the saline then like spreads out and forms the shape of a bagel in your forehead it really does and i can't remember how long it lasts girl's forehead looks like she has like a glazed donut coming out of it yeah there was like swathes of these kids walking around with bagel heads so that's like a trend there was a trend like a fashion trend in the same way japanese fashion is very cutting edge um, but it eventually goes away. Your body just absorbs the yeah. saline. But what I would love to say to these kids, first and foremost, now that I'm in my 40s and I speak to people like I'm a granny, it's like, when you get to my age, you start to do everything you can to make that damn skin on your forehead as tight as possible. Well, it is tight when you so, blow it up with saline. I, mean, I know, no but like, wrinkles there, when that but... deflates, and you see how they do it with that injection yeah. coming down? These, there's, it's like they're sitting in like a, like a, like a, bar like a salon like a with, a, with bar. a needle stuck into their forehead just filling it up when i first saw those pictures i was like why like most people who undertake some kind of modification or or surgery you'd think they would be doing something like you know maybe i want to make my nose smaller my boobs bigger i want to put a nice picture on my skin or something but yeah. why would i want to fill my forehead Full of saline, and then make it look like I have a bagel. I, I mean, that's got to be. I guess so that's the question of like. I mean, it does seem like it'd be uncomfortable. Um, like, if anyone ever bumped your head, would that hurt? Would it burst? Or like, 
And then um, I don't know how long it's in there, but like once it's absorbed into your body, then that skin's got to look a little yeah. loose. There's weird a documentary, a by the way, that's been made yeah, about I, bagel heads. We could I've, watch that. I have seen one. Um, well, okay, that is fascinating because that, that is definitely one where I don't think it's um, necessarily related to like psychological distress or mental illness that's like a fashion that's trend a fashion among trend. young people who are very impressionable and love the to same like... way that do you remember that one that happened not too recently um where people were doing something with like a shot glass or something to suck their lips into it oh and then when they pull it off they ew. go like yeah it's like giant it's like cupping like, like lips. cupping that people would use yeah. as therapy but they would do it yeah that's... that was another like trend yeah so that people to like, could, like simulate your the lips giant silicone injection lips that are yeah. are the more permanent solution to, yeah, the, to giant lips um, and like that's like like you said, I don't think that is kind of like, oh, I'm going down a path of being rather lost help kind of thing. It's like a trend. It's a that trend. That does have like some jump concerns, on, but and like... And it's like, what are you doing? But I mean, yeah, is it... I don't know. It doesn't I mean, seem like there's any, any purpose any other meaning? kind of fashion trend, right? It's, um, just, it's like a precursor to the subdermal implants. Have you ever seen yes. anybody up close and personal with actual, like... Horns sticking out their foreheads um, or weird lumps. I, uh, I don't know if I've seen ones that are actually permanent. I'm trying to think because uh, I do know some people in the Bay Area that have done a variety of things. I don't know if any of them are that permanent as sort of horns, but they're like they're also performance artists. They do um, that that kind of art art uh, performance where. You like put meat hooks in your pectoral muscles and you hang from it. So like, I don't know if that's body modification so much as like performance art, but I'm sure eventually it does modify your body in some sense because like scar tissue and stuff. But, um, yeah. I mean, that's, it's just gotta hurt. Like it's a lot of pain. And then you, you've got horns. Like I would wake, if I had, if I had subdermal implants, like horns, mm-hmm. I swear to God, the first time I woke up to pee in the middle of the night, you'd freak yourself out. I would lose <laughs> my shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Cause I was never, when I was a kid growing up, like I didn't, I never went through like a goth phase or like, right. Like there's certain like, like they're fashion trends, but they're also, you know, like, like people who I would are like, like, say they're Satanist or something, you know, like these are often trendy rebellion type things that if, people go if through. my mother listens to this, because I went through what she called the goth phase. Yeah. I would like, I was very mildly dressing in dark clothes. Right. I would like to point out. You were not I saying was you worship the devil. I was not being a like, Satanist. Uh... I was not putting horns <laughs> under my skin. I was not injecting saline into my forehead or filing my teeth. So... Actually, yeah, I was pretty saintly. Yeah, just, just putting I, that I out think, there. I think actually, yes. All told, our moms should be pretty happy with us because we were really mild. Um, Although some of this stuff probably wasn't really even a thing. Yeah, like 20, 30 years ago. Uh, or I mean, not as readily I available. I think it was just not as readily available. In one of my research on like uh, implants, I was actually shocked to find out that the first uh, type of this implant I was looking at with men was like in 1968. And that to me seems like a long time ago. 
I'm trying to think what they were implanting. <laughs> yes, well, we'll get to that. If, if we want to get back, I, I, I went down a rabbit hole of like plastic surgery things that appeal to men for vanity reasons. So, <laughs> okay, I'm going to hit it up with one more weird. Yeah, two let's more go weird, weird things, and then we'll go back to like kind of normal, but yeah. We'll go back to implants, tongue splitting. Oh, no. I, I mean, okay, I do know someone who got their tongue split. Yeah. I never yeah. got my tongue pierced. I thought about it. My sister did. And that was hilarious, watching her try and hide that one. But it just looked so gross. Like, Because everybody who has their tongue pierced plays with it and like flicks it yeah, up and down. Yeah, I know. It hits it their teeth, forth. that sound when it hits their teeth. And I'm like, why? Um, why? I just like... but And tongue splitting. splitting. Yeah. It just looks kind of terrifying. And yeah. must be insanely painful. You know, I'm sure it is painful. Well, I when remember you bite your tongue, it hurts. With like, yeah, it hurts when you bite your tongue. With tongue piercings, though, they're one of the piercings that heals the fastest because our mouths heal super fast. So I can also imagine that as awful as it might be initially, it probably heals rather quickly. And then I, w- I also wonder, like, once it's healed, five years later, you're like, oh, goodness. I, can you I, put it back together? I don't want to look like a lizard anymore. Is it repairable? I don't know. I also think it'd be hilarious to like capture video footage of dentists who are not aware that somebody has uh, their tongue. Yeah, when they go in for the cleaning or something. You got a lizard in my chair. Yeah, that one is a weird modification yeah, trend. That, that that is a weird one. I don't really understand. I feel like okay, so we've got we need a panel of doctors and psychologists. I feel like we could we could have we could find a guest, I bet, that has one of these Slightly more extreme, but still kind of, I mean, I don't want to say mainstream, but a little more, a little less common than maybe it used to be, or more common than it used to be. And then magnetic implants in your fingers. What? So, like, you, it's, it's, allegedly you can then sense electromagnetic fields, but, like, if there was, like, iron filings, you'd be able to pick them up with your fingers. Like, if I need a paper clip on my yep. desk, I could just be like, whoop, and it would... I'd be like Magneto. Ooh, from the X-Men. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. But also... But why? I, I don't know. I think it's... Is it like a spiritual like... thing? Like I need to be able to sense the the like magnetic fields of the universe? Maybe, but... Or just is by it sitting practical? Here, like I, by sitting I here kind people. of waving your hands around thinking about feeling electromagnetic fields, you can already just naturally feel tingles in your finger. Uh, yeah. This is just like psychosomatic. Save your money, kids. You can make it happen through the power of your mind. you're so right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not like, I mean, it's not a totally weird one. It was just. I mean, if you were, say you a were. A modification. Um, you were a construction worker or electrician or something. I mean, the ability to have useful. nails and screws, like, not fall out of your hands. I would be, be interested useful. how you explain that to TSA. Every time you set off the airport <gasps> oh, scanners. Right. You'd be like, oh, my fingers. My fingers. Well, I mean, I guess you'd be like those people that have metal plates in from surgeries or something where you'd have to go through the special one. And then the last one on my list of kind of like out there things and and again mostly just because it sounds horribly painful and it's what we do to cattle but branding like people actually yeah. brand themselves I mean, it's, it's I mean like kind of I would go with the alternative tattoo alternative kind of tattoo right I yeah. mean but I mean a tattoo hurt. to me when people ask me to describe what a tattoo feels like I think it feels like branding because the needles, especially if it's a multi-pronged needle, like filling in color, it kind of feels hot and burning, you know? Like, so I'm like, it kind of feels like 
what I imagine branding might feel like. Um, I mean, I've branded myself on pots and pans over the years. I guess plenty of times like, where you like burn your finger. The or thought of being but... branded is something that you might see in like a horror movie, whereas no one's like giving you a tattoo in a horror movie. Well, well I mean, I don't know. There are definitely stories where like pimps will like tattoo or brand the the women that they own. Like, I feel like there's like pretty horrible things related to branding. I don't know. I don't think I know anyone who has a brand for like an aesthetic or like voluntary. But I'm definitely intrigued. Personally, like, but, I mean, it's true. quicker than a tattoo. I mean, that is true. If that you, is true. I mean, I guess it takes time to make the shape. I saw a picture but, of a guy who had like a bunch of different circles branded all down his arm. But like, I, I saw the picture like not long after... They obviously took it not long after they'd actually done it. So it just looked really red and angry and right. sore. And I was like, oh. oh, I guess I can see like geometric shapes. So getting a whole bunch of circles, you could make cool patterns with like scar tissue. I guess. I mean, I guess I can imagine that branding could look, there could be an aesthetic interest there. I guess I'd probably rather get branded than split my tongue. Yes, I think I agree. It is weird to think of this. Uh, I love we started talking about how eager we are to get new tattoos, and now we're into this territory where I'm like, wait, do Uh, I what? Like, this is. (laughs) So, anyway, I'm intrigued. Um, Now we went down like the rabbit hole of slightly dark stuff. Um, okay yeah your your final piece so this is and this is fun because this kind of will we'll circle back around now to maybe more uh the things that we have talked a lot about on this podcast which is sort of the um yeah i mean looking at your body composition and the appearance of your body related to like being an athlete or um stuff like that so i have always been curious uh about calf implants Like I heard about them randomly. And then when you suggested this topic for the podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to finally do some research on this whole calf implant situation. Um, Because all I had ever heard before about them was that like calf implants are the male equivalent of a boob job. I can see that. Like it's something that's just totally aesthetic um, that they think makes them look sexier. Uh, You can just walk on your toes for several years. Yeah, right. Well, so... It's funny you should say that because like some of the stuff I found was kind of hilarious. So um, there are a couple different kinds of calf implants. Uh, there's silicone and there's also like fat grafting where they can mm-hmm. take fat from like other parts of your body. Uh, but silicone's fairly uh, popular, I guess. And apparently it's one of the most frequently requested surgeries for men and women. Oh. Which surprised me. Like calves. I mean... I've never thought about my calves other than how much grief they give me when I do too many double unders. Like they get sore and they're all knotted up and stuff and they cause yeah, me a I've lot of pain. I've never really considered them as like a aesthetic piece yeah. of my Yeah, well maybe it's like the you... tattoos on my back. You don't really like look at your calves a lot. Like you can't really True. see them um, terribly easily. And you don't see them especially when they're like working or flexing, I guess. But um, so yeah, so it's very popular with men and women. They've called it the male equivalent of a boob job. So there's a huge uptick in them in advance of summer. Like apparently men like think about, oh, it's beach season. I got to be on on the beach in a bathing suit. And they think about their calves more than anything else. Never mind the dad bod. It's all about the calves. Apparently like dad bod, like abs, great. Take them or leave them. But if my calves look sexy, that like gives men this huge boost of confidence. And I even read on, you know, there are a lot of male 
plastic surgery websites out there and the marketing is really fascinating so they're um, this doctor had this whole section which I think as as a as a coach and as athletes ourselves like we might have a lot to say to this but the marketing was basically that um, physiologically some people well most people uh, calf muscles are just naturally resistant to hypertrophy so you can build your quads and your glutes and your abs and your biceps and everything else but it's okay if your calves are small because they're just like naturally and I don't I this is the part I want to verify like is this just marketing to make those dudes feel better like it's I mean, okay there's a your calves I've are definitely small. seen a lot of guys with like fairly solid upper legs and then but have you ever legs. like but targeted working on your calves because I've seen bodybuilders oh yeah who build their calves just yeah. fine like just like any other part of their body and I feel like I would I would want to see some actual research about why certain muscles don't get larger you can definitely you can definitely put in the work it's just well, not exactly it's not gonna be like overnight so, you wake up with like yeah like this marketing was just that it's it's for men who just can't build muscle despite diet and exercise like I'm like really like <laughs> I mean so it's interesting because like I feel like that you usually that kind of marketing ploy is is aimed at women and this I mean, I is just like, can't grow boobs despite well <laughs> whatever okay, I right. do you're right that <laughs> that is true because we can't decide where we put on fat unfortunately um, but I just thought it was fascinating that like the kinds of marketing that make women you know, feel okay about like, or maybe just generally make people feel okay about wanting something, but not wanting to work for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was like, this was, you know, seeing this play out with men, you know, like, okay, so doctors are saying it's okay. You don't have to bodybuild. You don't have to exercise. Just come on in and get these implants. Um, and you'll be like beach body ready. <laughs> so I guess that's another thing. Like what you just said about like, not like having to, having to work for things or not. Like, I guess that's part of like extreme body modification that we've just been talking about that mm -hmm. it's a kind of, it's the equivalent of like you and me going to the gym and getting all strong and building muscle and being like, look, I put some effort into this. Like yeah. if you're a hundred percent covered in tattoos or piercings or had your tongue split or got a bagel <laughs> forehead that took some, you an element of suffering yeah, you, and you patience work. and pain um, and your result is not like flexing, but is like, Look at this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's true, right? I and mean, that's why like, I hesitate to judge people too harshly on like why they want to do these things. Because, yeah, I mean, we, we also put in quite a bit of work on our appearance. It's just it's so just in a different way. So Energy is channeled in a different direction. Yeah. So the calf thing was just fascinating. And honestly, the pictures online are kind of hilarious because some of them look really horrible mm -hmm. uh, but some of them are very well done where they actually sculpt like both sides of the the, the you know bifurcated muscle and then it like um but i think it's just weird because i'm also like how do they know what if you end up then working out a lot or something and building what if one slips around the front apparently they do apparently like you have to they they require some upkeep sometimes after a few years Ooh. but but anyway, then I went down this rabbit hole of just other things that men get plastic surgery and there is a lot of stuff out there on butt implants for men, mm -hmm. quad, uh, yeah, quad implants, which is funny because to me, I think quads, in my experience, it still takes a lot of work, but you can build quads. Yeah. Like, like with 
relatively easy, simple programming and like eating enough calories, you can build quads. <laughs> um, but there's quad implants, there's bicep implants. Oh yeah. That just seems, that was crazy to me because all the pictures, I was like, it made me think, I wonder how many guys that I've seen in my life that like didn't actually work for those biceps. Maybe they just got implants. Um, and then my favorite, I'll just end with this. I didn't really go too far into this, but I just wanted to see if it existed because when you and I have talked about my kind of body composition journey, my joke is always, I'm, I'm going to see if I can ever reveal my abs, right? Mm -hmm. I know I have them. They're getting real strong, but how do I reveal them? So there is something called the silicone six pack. Oh yeah. And that is copyrighted. Silicone six pack is a, it's a copyrighted phrase um, where, yeah, you can layer in pieces of silicone to give you that. Um, it's the alternative to something called abdominal etching. <laughs> abdominal etching. It's kind of like, you know how when we said you should paint like suntan lotion or mm -hmm. self tanner in the shape. So abdominal etching does that with liposuction where they just suck out very thin lines oh, of that's fat. that's not going to last. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> but like... So yeah, so silicone six packs and abdominal etching are uh, now things that I can consider if I really want to reveal those abs. Um, in so a there's a way. guy, so. and I, I obviously I believe he lives in LA, and he his you know his life's mission has been to kind of make himself into the real life Kendall. And oh he yes, has, I've heard of him. He has all of those things. He's yeah. got silicone coughs, silicone biceps. He's got the full silicone six pack. He also has a, had one too many facelifts and has. A giant inflatable lips so he kind okay. of like looks at the face gives it away somewhat i mean none of it looks natural mm -hmm. um and like the six pack i don't know whether something went wrong with it or or just because of the shape of his body or whatever it did but like he was like oh look at this they look amazing and he has it looks like six baked potatoes yeah under his skin yeah i saw some pictures that are pretty weird looking that you've never um, actually seen real human abs yes. ever look like and there was like so there was one picture i saw um you know with with crossfit athletes um a lot of them are pretty thick around the middle like their mm -hmm. abs are really hypertrophied right so they're kind of they almost have a belly yeah but it's their muscles um, and there was a picture when I looked up the, uh, the silicone six pack where it was someone who really kind of had a gut and got these silicone. Oh! So it was sort of like abs <laughs> on top of like a larger belly, which looked very strange. Cause then it doesn't like, it doesn't look like a six pack, but it is. <laughs> he was like, if they just see the six pack, then they wouldn't see anything else. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so, I mean, I'm curious about people like the Kendall guy. Like, I mean, they must still have to. Do some well, of the hilarious work thing to was, keep their body fat down. Because if he ever got larger or something, it would really it would look mess very up. weird. You can't. Build but what was hilarious that he was under an implant. He was and... showing off like these big old bulging arms, and then like him and his partner were going away on vacation or something. He went to like pick up a suitcase and couldn't pick it up. Pick it up. I like... was gonna say, can you <laughs> can you flex silicone? Like, does it move when you try to like show it off, or is it just always in flex? It's like... just kind of always there. Like, See that okay that that is just sad to me like you've got this perfectly chiseled body but you can't pick up like a bag of groceries yeah you basically because you, you haven't you, built the strength you, you just kind of got the just look. stuck there because you got too much silicone to be able to move Ugh, like that inspires me to keep focusing on performance goals rather than aesthetic goals yeah there you go <laughs> there you go and 
I mean, the, all of this stuff is fascinating. Like anything, anytime anybody wants to change their image mm-hmm. permanently, as permanent as anything is these days, it's always intriguing to like ask why. Like why is is there meaning behind this? Is there like a is there something that's actually really purposeful for you to do this, or am I just injecting silicone into my forehead because my friend got it done? Yeah, I mean we're we're trendy people. I mean sometimes you'll wear a pair of Fleo shorts and I think should I go buy those? I kind of like them, but if you injected something in your forehead, well other <laughs> other than Botox, because when you got Botox, I also was like oh, I'm gonna go try. That. So I guess technically I have injected something in my forehead because you did. Oh, this is fun. I should see what I can do. I'll be like, if you don't follow, I'll be like, dang it, Rachel, you're a medical. (laughs) I mean, I might draw the line at Fleo shorts and Botox, but. (laughs) But anyway, it's, it's intriguing. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for people being individuals. Mm -hmm. I definitely know themselves for me personally. There's, there's a line where I'm like, Ooh. Okay, and like if you do something weird to your eyes, and make it just awkward to look at because the the entire eye is like ink mm-hmm. colored, then I may have difficulty like maintaining a straight face, and not being like whoa. Well, I mean, but is, <laughs> but that is could that, be what you want. Is that different than you know, when we went to that brunch restaurant and you said you were wearing your shorts from the gym and someone gave you side eye and you were like, sorry, is my body like inconveniencing you? That's true. Maybe it's the same, right? Like, I mean, if they, if they love that about themselves, then I think certainly, yes, I'd, I'd react to it probably in the moment, but, um, I mean, good for you, I guess. Like who, like if that's who you want to be, if you don't um, want to be a pencil pusher at a desk in the corporate world and have to look a certain yeah, way, yeah, good for you. But I think for anybody, like I, I feel like if you're gonna do this kind of extreme stuff, that is very hard to to cover mm. up or undo or reverse yeah. without too much like damage, permanent damage, then I would think that you really want to do it based off like a true desire to do it and not in yeah. a reactionary yeah. screw you parents I'm gonna tattoo my yeah. face like the artist or long slip my tongue she's never I don't think she's ever regretted any of it because she's an artist like it, that is who she is and who she presents to the world so for her it's like you know it's the same reason why we don't regret our tattoos they're meaningful to us they you know they reflect a moment in our lives that we wanted to remember so and i think it's also an important message that with every generation there is changes and things are socially different and acceptable and stuff and like at no point in my life since Mm -hmm. owning two tattoos has anybody ever treated me any differently right not considered me for something or judged me for having tattoos so yeah like i spent so many years believing that that was the case yes when it simply isn't true and yes, the way things change generationally. So that was actually earlier when I referenced uh, it was calf implants that that got, some guy got in 1968, and Ooh. that's what I want to learn more about is that story because apparently they weren't even really commercially available until like the 90s. That so dangerous. I'm like, who is this guy who in 1968? Like, I mean, we're talking this is like Vietnam War era, and like all this stuff was like, I need bigger calves. <laughs> It sounds like those backstreet butt injections that go horribly wrong. 
Because they're using yeah. like industrial silicone that then expands and grows. Yes. And goes hard well, apparently, and... forty years later, he did need to see a doctor and have some adjustments made. Like he was having some issues with them after four decades. I mean, but that's pretty good. Yeah, that's actually pretty. I good. mean, boob jobs these days are only meant to last ten years. Yeah. Yep. But hey, I'm all for it. You do you. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll think about guests to have on about this kind of stuff. And, just think uh, long and hard before you go, like, turning yourself into a cat. Yeah. Make it meaningful just... to you and, uh, yeah. And, you know, parents, don't judge your kids too much. You know? Yep. Especially if you have more tattoos than they do, Mom. And if they come home with a bagel forehead, it will go away. Luckily, yes. It sounds like that <laughs> will, will pass. Will, that will eventually be reabsorbed into their body. <laughs> well... I look forward to seeing your future tattoos, um, and I will be very excited to get my one, and then I will have fully committed to something that I cannot hide very easily. Yep, that'll be the most visible one. I don't feel like a true rebel. Yep. <laughs> well, as ever, thank you so much for listening to episode twenty, all about body modifications. It was nice to get take a little bit of a divergence off the track of just talking about like body size and shape so hope you guys found it interesting dm us throw something in the comments if you got something we really want to talk about or if you are somebody who has body modifications and would love to tell your story because it mm -hmm. would be very fascinating to hear thank you for listening this has been episode 20 and we'll see you next time <laughs>